Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 84 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Uh, you know, it's just a, a, a nice rainy morning here in Baltimore on a Tuesday morning after, uh, you know, predicting overtime last night in game five of Isles Tampa. And you know, How'd Tampa that go? I went really well. It was a close game. I uh, triple overtime. You know, the Islanders hung in there, but Tampa just squeaked out the win. So yeah, it was uh, a real nail biter. I uh, yeah, yeah. That, it was basically a coin flip last night. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I would expect that the Islanders are just dead and they're going to fold, and Game Six will go horribly, and uh, that's that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. That's just so. It was so weird, and we'll we'll get into all of that. But it was just <laughs> it was so uncharacteristic of that series. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but no, I'm I'm doing good. It's a big week for for our podcast. I would it is say. a big week got, for our podcast. Got some got, exciting stuff in the works. Yeah, so we'll be uh, talking about that a little later on, or maybe we'll touch on it next week. I'm not so sure yet. Uh, we are without Mac today. Mac is going to be traveling back to Milwaukee from Baltimore. He was in town over the weekend visiting family and stuff, so he's going to be out of commission for today. So it's just going to be me and Mr. Manella. Yep. Uh, Nick, I have a question for you. Actually, you have a question for me that I'm going to ask you first because I don't know the answer for me. Sure. Uh, new segment, aka just a little banter at the start. Question of the day. If there was an Olympic event for something dumb slash useless that you could win a gold medal at, what would it be? So I actually have two, and it's really one, but they sort of kind of correlate. So mm-hmm. Drinking? Well, no, Um, that's, you know, I I just assume that there's some like underground beer fest competition out there. So I wouldn't call that an Olympic event, but fair. uh, um, So uh, I was a competitive swimmer growing up and I was a teenager at one point. So that means I'm getting up early and I'm coming home really, really late. So a lot of the times you're sneaking around the house or you're trying not to wake people up in the house. And I'm really, really good at like microwaving something for breakfast like turning around and multitasking and then without even having to think about it, stopping the microwave with like a second left. So it doesn't beep. Oh, you know what? I do that too. I hate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it extends, and I don't know why, maybe it's just like a really good internal clock or something, but it extends to watching sports where if I'm watching a game and it's halftime intermission, whatever, I'll flip away from it and go to something else. And I'll know in my head when it's time to go back, like right when they're resuming play, when all the fluff and bullshit is done. Huh. If I, if I had to pick one, I would pick one of those two. I wouldn't classify that second one as useless. Oh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty important. Yeah. Uh, For me, kind of tying into what you just did. I I don't know why I think I still live in the 1700s. I'm really mastered at when you are switching channels a normal person hits the last button or types in the channel that they want to go to. Not me. It's guide and then up and down arrow, no matter what. And I'm really good at holding down the arrow until the exact moment that it hits the channel that I needed to. And be then in. you let go and it's there perfectly. Yes. Wow. That's, that, a, that's a pretty cool one. 
Uh, it, it it's the it's the hard way of doing things, and I understand yeah. that. But it's a you good know, th- like, thumb workout, though, right? Eh, if that's what you want to call it, sure. Uh, and then the other one I would say is I'm really good at uh, you know that little water bottle toss thing that like everybody mm-hmm. was doing when we were in college, where you like have half the bottle left, you flip it, you and flip it, it, yeah, yeah, and it lands. I'm good at it, but for no reason. Okay. Most useless, th- most useless skill ever. High school cafeterias, you must have been a king. Yeah, you know, it, you know, not all heroes wear capes. So, um, <laughs> basically, a celebrity if you can do that when you're 16, right? True. Uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great question of the day. I like that. I love how that's like that somehow measured success. It was someone's ability to nonchalantly toss a water bottle and have it land upright. How did I think? I don't know why. I feel like there was some like talking about probably talking about vine. I'm showing my age here. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was some vine where that went big. And when we were like 15, 16, 17, like that became a thing because of some vine. I could be wrong. Maybe I sound stupid and it's been around since our parents were, you know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I remember like when that happened, like the cafeteria in high school, it was like, non-stop all the time like they had to come in and be like okay you guys gotta like knock this stuff off because you know, yeah. it just escalates speaking of water bottles and this is just a curious question how much water do you drink a day are you like a big so when i was in high school i was a gallon a day guy right um now and shit right so and now um I'm probably still close to that especially because i'm working remote so i'm sitting at my desk all day so i'm constantly drinking you know, whether it's like, you know, bad radio, one of these, like the carbonated sparkling ones, or whether it's just, I have like a mini fridge and a Brita right next to me. So mm-hmm. I think I refill that Brita like twice a day. Yeah, dude, I guzzle water yeah. and not cause like, um, I, I would not consider myself a super active person, but I feel like I have some like sodium cell dehydration disorder or something. I don't know why I just, I pound water and it's, it's kind of scary. I like people actually ask me if I have a problem. Well, I think it's like when I was working in an office, I would yeah. do it because then oh yeah, like, you, get to, you get to get up, walk you get to around. get up, you know, walk to fill it up, walk to go to the bathroom, which was always nice. Now it's like anything to get out of my desk, like anything to get out of my chair, like in my house and walk around is welcomed. So it's- it's also a little bit of a nervous twitch for me. I'll self-admit that. Yeah. I also think it's, you know, it's something to do while I'm working. It keeps me focused. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, fi- I'm a fidgety guy. I need like, yeah. you know, you're sipping something, you're chewing something. Right. Uh, Plus, especially you're a coffee guy, right? Yeah. I've been trying to lay off because it completely obliterates my stomach and I can feel it like dry me out. Like dehydrating you. That's yeah. probably why you drink a lot of water too. Yeah, I mean, I can quite literally when I drink like black coffee, which is usually how I have it, I can feel my throat like dry up and I can't stand that. I can also feel my butt explode, but that's in a whole other yep, story. That so. definitely happens. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was talking water and nutrition with Nick and Harrison, but we're going to move on to hockey related things. But before we do, we're going to talk about brackish life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then brackish life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. 
Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rank to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Um, when we, on our next ad read, I have to, you have to remind me of some funny stories over my bender of a weekend. So I have um, a couple messages for you from the sponsor, but I'll save that <laughs> for the next one. All right, let's go. That's good. I'll, I'll, I'll toss it off to you for the league news. Yeah, some feel-good news to start. Uh, Oscar Lindblom of the Flyers won the Masterton Trophy, which is awarded annually to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Uh, Of course, as you guys all remember, Lindblom was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, a rare form of bone cancer, back in 2019. So it's great to see him get recognized for all that he's overcome in the last couple of years. Uh, Jason Spezza, another good guy alert. Uh, signed a one-year league minimum contract with the Leafs for $750,000. Spezza had five points, three goals, and two apples in the Stanley Cup first round, which was, of course, that loss to the Habs. Mm -hmm. Uh, After signing the league minimum, he said, and I quote, I would take less money if I could. Yeah, I saw saw his interview. He seems just like a genuine genuinely good dude and he was he said like i would take less if i could i know where the team stands and what they're trying to do and and the timeline in which they're trying to do it so you know you got to give you got to tip your hat to to a player who has been along as round as him virtually has zero ego and and knows where you know the team is trying to take things and (laughs) i saw a tweet that was really funny it was like if you would have told me in 2015 that in 2021 the most favorite player in leafs nation would be the biggest Ottawa Senators legend in history. I would have said yep. you're fucking crazy. He goes, but here we are. Yep, exactly. So uh, I think it's worth noting that 11 Toronto players are eligible to come become UFAs on July 28th. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, we could have a whole segment alone on rumors this episode, but yeah. I, I just feel like there's no use really doing that. We'll get to all the trades when that eventually happens. When it happens, it's, it's just all, you know, it's the usual stuff right now. It's just all speculation. Yeah. Uh, Rick Tockett, your boy, is on the Seattle Kraken shortlist for their head coaching vacancy. Uh, The former Yotes bench boss is a finalist to become the Kraken's first ever head coach uh, from Elliott Friedman. I think at this point, you would say heavy favorite with Gallant being taken by the Rangers. I think this guy's got to be the front runner. Yeah, and with Brendan Moore getting re-upped to a three-year deal in Carolina, I would say Tockett definitely should be the guy. I think he'll be a great coach there. Um, you know, he's, he, he, I don't think Arizona is a tough organization to have success in that. They just, they've never had it. And it's going to take, you know, a, a true number one draft pick. Who's going to be the, the center of that franchise to, to really get it going. So I don't really blame talk for what happened in, in the desert. So you can't, I, think, I mean, I think, the, just all the issues going on with that team, it wasn't his fault. Yeah. I think Seattle will be a good fit for him. Yeah. I think it would be, you know, players guy guys seem to enjoy playing for him and he seems to know how to get the best out of him and I feel like that's what you want with a new team yeah I was gonna say he seems like that guy who really caters towards those you know second and third liners that that aren't like the star names but they're the middle tier guys definitely just just from what I saw from him in Pittsburgh and that's entirely what Seattle's roster is going to look like so I think pretty much that's a match made in heaven in my opinion yeah definitely Uh, Alexander Barkov won the Selkie trophy as the league's top defensive forward Barkov bested uh, 90s movie serial killer lookalike Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights and Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins. 
um, who were the other finalists. I'm just, I feel like it's weird anytime Bergeron doesn't win this award, in my opinion, just because I don't know, he's won it every year that I've been alive and he's been in the league. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, good to, good to see Barkov get some recognition. So are they not, and maybe I'm slow, are they not doing a uh, award ceremony? I mean, is, did, did COVID cancel that? Like, are they, in, they're not I guess so. I don't okay. really know. Or they were going to do it virtually and that was just going to be pointless in my opinion. But yeah, I agree. Um, another trophy, Jacob Slavin becomes the fourth defenseman ever to win the Lady Bing trophy. Uh, that award is given to the player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. I don't know if you could make that any more complicated other than saying that it's a good player. Who's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Brian, Brian Campbell's the last defenseman to do it back in 2012. Red Kelly did it three times and the new greatest hockey name of all time from 1949, Bill Quackenbush also won the trophy. (laughs) That's like, is this NHL record books or is this Looney Tunes? I'm confused because yeah, no Quackenbush is uh, quite the name. That's incredible. I think penalty minutes plays a role in this. I know it's like something where it's your production compared to some type of like penalty minute ratio. And usually, yeah. you know, defensemen, they're obviously defending the goal. I feel like defensemen right. are more prone to take penalties than uh, than forwards are. So yes, I think that's why you haven't seen as many defensemen be up for it uh, yep. in recent memory. Absolutely. Uh, You mentioned Rod Brindamore earlier. Uh, He won the Jack Adams award as the league's best coach um, and also got a three-year contract extension after guiding Carolina to their first division title since 05, 06. And I think we all know what happened that year. So yeah, yeah, good for him. Good to see him get some recognition. Uh, The Islanders, I mean, they've been all over the New York sports media. And I feel like they're kind of like the redheaded stepchild of it sometimes. So good for them, but they yeah. just sold out their season tickets for their new arena next year. Uh, UBS arena, which is under construction right next to the Belmont racetrack and is expected to open in November with a capacity around 17,000 people for hockey. How's that work? I don't know. So what are they doing in October when the season starts? I guess Barclays. Oh my god! I don't, I I don't this, know, or, or the fucking, Coliseum again. This fucking organization, I swear. I, like, yeah. unless unless the season starts in November, which I don't know if they've confirmed yet or not. I'm pretty uh, sure. I think they're still shooting for October. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think they're trying to because we're like, sort of like we're ending at like that June time, anyways. But yeah, yeah. I I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure I read like they're going back to normal October to Jan- June 82 game season. Which, by the way, there's been a lot of talk online about whether they should be bringing back the 82 game season or not. I think that's something that we can hold off on talking about for right now, but yeah, um, we could probably give some opinions later on that. Yeah. I've got some thoughts. Yeah. Want to say a big congratulations to our boys down South. The South Carolina stingrays have advanced to the ECHL's Kelly cup final. They won their series three games to one. Uh, and await the winner of the Allen Americans and Fort Wayne Comets. Uh, the Stingrays advance to the finals for the sixth time, extending their league record. South Carolina's three championships in 97, 2001, and 2009 are tied with Alaska and Hampton Roads for the most in league history. So just wanted to say congrats to the boys. You know, Tarek, Dan, awesome job, guys. Keep it up. 
Salvo and Tarek. Keeping it up. up. Yeah. You know, we we're wishing you guys the best of luck. Uh, if you have any access to free tickets, let us know. And we'll more than like, we will fly down in a heartbeat. <laughs> we'll I will come down there. there. We'll come yeah. down there and hang. We can yeah. finally get that golf golf in after. Exactly. Uh, we celebrate your guys' championships. So yeah. Congrats to those two guys. Um, you know, we, we, we do appreciate them coming on the show and good luck to the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this, this next segment, you found this and I love this. Yeah, I, I thought this was worthy of uh, being on the pod. So every year, the Players Union um, or Players Association does a poll amongst the league and they get votes on all sorts of quirky shit. Um, and in this instance, you know, we always have the awards votes and all that shit, but uh, they did some some stuff that I thought was pretty interesting. So this is basically just winning an accolade, you know, for quirky stuff around the NHL. Some of it it's is like your high important. school superlatives. Yeah, basically. That was a really good way of, uh, you know, shortening my English there. So thank I you. gotcha. So first off, we got the most complete player. Bergeron and Sidney Crosby were tied exactly. I believe is at like 38.49% on both of them. So uh, those two guys, uh, you know, as voted on by the league are the two most complete players in the game, apparently. Any thoughts on that? Not surprised. Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised either. Yeah. I, it, the I the league they... just jerks themselves off for Canadian guys that are good 200-foot players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is voted on by the players, but I think a little bit of it is probably like, you know, league hype up, like, Oh, like, you know, we got Sid and Bergie and mm -hmm. I, I kind of get that, but yeah. uh, best shot. We got Ovechkin. Not surprised. Still got it. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was not surprised. Uh, Matthews was not far behind. I didn't know who was going to take the cake on that one. It yeah. was pretty, pretty close. Uh, best passer, Nick Backstrom. Good. Finally. I'm glad someone else said it. Yeah, finally getting some recognition. I think, uh, you know, he's always been one of those guys. We've said it a thousand times. The media has said it a thousand times. Nobody ever gives him love or credit. Right. So Only ever been nominated to one all-star team. It's such a joke. That's crazy. Yeah. That's actually insane. Tristan yeah. Jari has been nominated to an all-star team. So he has the same yeah. amount. <laughs> uh, best goal scorer. We got Austin Matthews. As I think that's that. fair if we're going after this season. I would I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I'd say after what he did this past season, that's probably uh, probably on par. And then best defenseman, we got Victor Hedman with Roman Yossi coming in a close second. Thoughts? I can live with that. Hedman's probably the best defenseman in the league, and I'm okay with that. Carlson, I think, finished fifth in, in voting for that. Not surprised. So, um, you know, Cap's still getting some love. Uh, the player you want to win one game, McDavid wins that one. I guess that's a no-brainer i mean it's it's him or mckinnon in my opinion right now like the way that they elevate their game in the spotlight well i guess more mckinnon than mcdavid not to rip on the guy but so i'm gonna be honest with you i was kind of surprised by this and here's why i figured most complete player would be like the mcdavid mckinnon showdown and just because like yeah i get sid and Bergie are good defensively but like come on and then the win one game I thought would be Bergie Sid just because of like the Olympics. You could make an argument either way, but the cup, the cups, all right. that. But I mean, no, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Uh, the best style off the ice, we got Austin Matthews, which I yeah. guess 
makes sense. You know, he's he's kind of got that like hype beast kind of trend going for him. Yeah, I mean, the dude's been on the cover of GQ, right? Or yeah. has been in GQ, either one. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, best angles, Patrick Kane, number one. Connor McDavid at a close second. But uh, I personally believe Patty Kane is very deserving of this above 100%. Else. Yeah, I would say definitely over McDavid. Yeah. And then we got best tape job like well i should say unique tape job and this one obviously goes to pasternak mm-hmm. i personally think and i'm gonna butcher his name tim stutzler yeah is that how you say it well done i think he's got to be up there too have you ever yeah. seen that thing yeah the it's sort of like panarin's but it's got like the thing going across the bottom and stuff yeah, it's whack yeah it's whack and his handle is like goes halfway down the shaft yeah it's kind of crazy so uh just some some cool little superlatives that i thought uh would be worthy of informing y'all on because these things were kind of hard to find on twitter i'm not gonna lie great job nhl at advertising (laughs) so uh all right well before we recap some series we just wanted to take some time to remind you all that summer is here and there has never been a better time to get out on the water are you looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of The Yacht Lender is a specialist in marine finance. With partnerships with 15 different banks, he has the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, Marty Huff, the Yacht Lender, has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at YachtLender.com or check him out on Instagram at YachtLender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. Now, I understand you and our sponsor had a good time this weekend. Would you care to elaborate <laughs> on that situation? Um, so our our fellow cast who's been on the show in the past, Rangers mega fan Mark Cotoraro came, came down to Baltimore to be in town with us. And um, so first off, I just want to say, Every time you read that, you have a smile on your face, which is I why can't I, not read it with it without which, a smile on my face, which is so funny to me. So um, <laughs> I guess like our friend group, you know, me, Marty, Mark, some other guys, um, they did not know that Marty was sponsoring the podcast. And, you know, what, I think when we released the Zach Jones episode, they saw the template that said Yachtlander and they were like, yo, what? And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, he he offered like, you know, Fritz, the mortgage was God love him, still love him. His company was like, you know, paying for it. So they don't have budget. We understand. So now Marty's doing the same thing. And they my friends ran with it. So instead of listening to music before we would go out, we would have on the giant Sonos bar on 100 volume. You me reading, reading the ad read. <laughs> With us going before we would go out or go to like our restaurant or whatever. That's awesome. They must have played that shit 80 times. I'm not even exaggerating (laughs) that. It it was just nonstop. Like every five minutes, it's like, it's like speaking of putting a boat on the water. Oh my God. So it just, it was a lot. Um, It kept going over and over again. And then they obviously had to put it on, you know, the 75 inch TV that's hung on the wall. Of course. The the EB YouTube video and watch them read it. And everybody's just, dying laughing because your face is just smirking the whole time <laughs> and then and then the best part is you know not, not, my friends don't know mac personally but when mac goes marty huff man that's an a plus name and that, that was phenomenal they just start spitting out their water which i think is the funniest thing i guess on what was it saturday yeah saturday 
we had a day. Um, we went out to Nick's Fish House in Baltimore, one of my favorite places to eat. Great spot. Yeah. Um, so we were out there for lunch, and Mark, fellow guest, old guest, was real big on the lightning, really big. You know, he, and when someone has that gut feeling where you can't talk them out of it, it's contagious, right? So we're we're sitting there and we're eating lunch, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." Won't say the amount, but hefty wager. Like you would you would be like, "Okay, he's coming to play today," and uh, triple digits at least. And so I follow suit. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like, you've sold me, right? The, and I talked myself into it. I was like, the Lightning are the better team. This is going into game four, by the way. The Lightning are the better team. Vasilevsky's in net. He's going to steal the game. Vasi hasn't really, like, stolen a game yet. Like, come on, he's going to do it. So uh, we all, like, at lunch, put the money on the Lightning. We go to, we go to my buddy Cam's house later that night, and this shit-eating grin on Yachtlander's face starts going like this. Like when they start singing the national anthem, and we're like, "What?" And he just gets up and he's screaming. He's like, "They're not gonna lose!" And I was like, "Why are you rooting for them?" He's like, "I bet the Islanders." Whole house bets the Lightning, except for him and like two other guys. So it's like six guys rooting for the Lightning with like triple digit wagers, and then Yachtlander and his bitch ass over on the other side with like two other people who bet the Islanders. And this house was more exciting than being at the game itself. It was constant banter, screaming, yelling, chants, everything, you name it. Well, sure as shit, Yachtlander ended up winning his bet. The Islanders took game four, and I was infuriated, and I think me and him kind of had some words via text that you were on afterwards. I was, uh, yeah, I was thrilled to be a part of that three-person group chat while I was asleep, and you guys were yelling at each other. Yeah, so that that kind of happened, but uh, it was a good weekend, and he's he's very proud to be sponsoring the podcast. But yeah, they they played his ad, your ad read about seventy five times over the weekend. Well, that's good. I, you know, at, at least we're getting him the airtime. I uh, he did ask me to remind you that uh, he now officially knows more about hockey than you. Oh, um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So I, you were so adamant about that, and Mac and I took the Islanders. I know. I oh, just yeah. had that feeling. I was like, I don't know. They're they're gonna do it. They're at home. They're at the Coliseum. But I mean, oh my god. Did yeah, they fucking close. make it close? They did. And we'll get into that game four in a little bit. The one thing I will say, Mark had like some, like there's some website he uses where you can track like where the money is going. Mm-hmm. And it was, is so- it a uh, action? I don't know. The app? It might be. Okay. That's a good one. I was a couple large crushes deep, so I wasn't really paying attention, but uh, he, he showed me and it was like 70% of the money was going on the aisles, which, you know, in a, in a conference finals game when you're playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, that's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I was I was like, all right, big fade the public guy today. Like, we'll see what happens. That didn't work in my favor. Uh, we were one game too early, apparently. So the, the last thing I'll say about this is I know what you're saying when you're like, when someone gets that feeling in their gut that they're that adamant. But my reaction whenever someone is like that is to the do the way. exact opposite. That's what fucking Marty said. Yeah. yeah. Can't stand that kid. <laughs> Gonna take off his uh, his sponsorship. Yeah. Here, well, so. no, you're not because he's paying us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all righty. Well, I just enough of my weekend shenanigans. I could go right. on forever about. That. Oh, wait, one last thing. Um, 
<laughs> so I want to give a shout out to a fan, new fan of the program. Oh, yeah. Uh, name is Nick. He went to Towson, played lacrosse. Uh, yeah, like you. Yeah. Uh, he he bought a shirt on the spot when I told him about the podcast. Big Rangers fan. You know how you can tell when there's Rangers fans? You just look for the two kids yelling at each other about the same team that they like. And I was going to say, or you, you wait for like a 12 year old to walk by in an opposing team's Jersey while they verbally <laughs> assault him and then like take his lunch money and throw him down the stairs or something. But yeah, that one works too. <laughs> yeah, dude. These, I think, uh, I think Nick said something like uh, about Brendan Smith. Cause we were talking about the Tom Wilson fight and he was like, Brendan Smith should be the captain of the team. Like he obviously had a few. And then Mark was like, what the fuck you talking? Like, and it just like, complete screaming not even like yeah. civilized like at each other yeah. like you root for the same team it's just and then it's just noise all you're you're like it gets to a point where you're like this is no longer a conversation it's just people yelling at like not even it's just over each other yeah 100 yeah. percent. but i do want to give a shout out to him because he did buy an endless summer t-shirt he did on the spot and he followed us listen to pod you know love the zach jones interview so i appreciate you nick thank you very much that's it that's yeah. all I got. Always, always love new fans. I hope you didn't scare them away by playing my ad read only 8 billion times. So, <laughs> uh. um, yeah, so let's get into these recaps. So, um, did have, first, before we get started, have you seen the nickname for not the Tampa, New York series, but the Montreal Vegas series? They're calling it the stripper um, capital. Yeah. The strip club series, which is hysterical. Yeah. yeah I do um, think it's pretty funny. I was trying to think of one for Tampa and the Islanders. I was going to just say the battle of New York. Cause let's be real. Half the Rangers are now <laughs> lightning and everyone from the Northeast moves to Florida. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the yes, series. Y- exactly. There we go. Um, there's a bunch to catch up on with this series. We have four games to touch on game two, uh, the Islanders take game one. We talked about that last time with you guys. Kucherov helps the lightning even the series with that game two win. Uh, had his fourth game with three or more points on this postseason, assisting on goals by point, Palat and Hedman. Shocker. Uh, Brock Nelson and Barzell scored for the Islanders. Uh, officiating was a big issue in this game. The Palat goal was scored with seven skaters on the ice. And if you actually go back and look, it's yeah, it's like they said six, but it's really seven. Was that the game that Barzell got? Or I think it was Barzell. I can't remember. Someone on the Lightning hit Barzell. It, it was the bad goalie interference call. I actually can't remember. It was, it was. Um. so it was called. Braden Point got called for goalie interference after right. Adam Pellick just sent him into Varley. Just, right. That was the same game. That was where the same game. Okay, those, yes. those were about like 10 minutes apart, I think. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure like people were throwing their arms up about that lightning goal where there were seven guys on the ice, but it was also like if, okay, it, if they, the officiating is going to be bad, you want it to be bad both ways. And fortunately, this time right. it was, but right. it remains the central theme it of this does. year's playoffs. I think it it's it, it just seems worse this year. I don't know, man. I I, I get really like listen. I'm. I just don't like the complaining online. Like people will be like, "Officiating." Oh, I don't either. I, I hate the people that go the refs blew but, this series. And I know I had criticisms for them after the Caps Bruins series, but it's ultimately it's it's down on the players and the team. 
Well, the problem is, is that you've got all these like, you know, and I'll call them suits for lack of a better term. All these guys who are on like TSN and sports center, like we need to be questioning if game managing is still the proper method and we should be playing by the rule book of penalties and penalty. Do you understand how many people would be fucking complaining at the ass all the time if they caught every penalty yes. like they should in the rule book? Because I guarantee you the games would not be as even as they currently are. No, so as much as you, you know how many referees they would have to put on the ice to make sure they called every penalty, they'd have to like well, triple yeah. the staff. Look, game managing, I'm a big proponent of it. I think it works. I think it's good. I think, you know, it gives you the most competitive game possible. All people are bitching about is the consistency, right? Yeah. And I can understand that, but let's be perfectly honest here. Like both series are going at least six games. So, I mean, it's not like the officiating is going completely one way where it's so lopsided that the series aren't even competitive. And this is the first time in like eight years where the conference finals, the semifinals, the final four have both gone at least six games. Yeah. That's a great point. And it's also, it's not like a blunder. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like a there's been like an officiating blunder that's led to like an overtime goal. Like the the one that always comes to mind is the Eric Carlson hand pass situation from like two or three years ago. No, um, I'm, not, I'm trying to think. I, I can't really I can't really think of one like that. No, but I, I'm just sick of tired of hearing about people complaining about the refs and shit. It's like, look, both teams are probably going to get two to three power plays a game. Right. And that's that. So shut yeah. the fuck up and move on. Yeah, moving on to game three, Tampa squeaks out a two to one win at the Coliseum. Point scores in his sixth straight game. Um, another questionable interference call on Pelic uh, in the, se- the second period led to the game winning goal for Tampa. Both goalies were fantastic in this one, absolutely stood on their heads. Uh, and for the most part, Tampa was in control the way they like it. Um, yeah, and sort of just, you know, clogged up the Islanders and, you know, served them a plate of usually what the Islanders are serving to everyone else. They Islandered the Islanders. Yeah. And that was the first game back at the college. The atmosphere was rocking. But to be honest with you, this is how, you know, Tampa played well. I was like borderline asleep in that first period. It was so boring. Yeah. Just because neutral zone trap, you know, like D's not pinching. There's no No, like like watching Virginia play like college basketball. It's just so boring. Right. Exactly. It's all fundamentals. Right. So, uh, we go to game four. Matt Martin caps off a three-goal second period explosion from the Islanders uh, who go up three to nothing. Tampa starts to get two back in the third period, and then Ryan Pollock makes the save of the playoffs after Ryan McDonough pulls Varlamov out of position with time expiring and throws the puck towards the net. The dude just you know went into street hockey mode and just ate the thing. Yeah, that um, was a sick block. Yeah, and that was the game we were referencing, of course, that uh, we all had money on. And, you know, I was, you know, out of my seat. Like, you know, I was like, oh, no, don't like this can't be how it happens. Like, you know, right. Because you knew if they if they tied the game like that, they were going to win it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to win it. Um, Braden Point scored for the seventh straight game. Tyler Johnson also scored uh, for the defending champs. And Vassie finishes with 27 saves. Just a great Uh, hockey game. It was a great hockey game to watch. The Islanders explode. Tampa claws it back and makes the third period exciting. I mean, they had that game within one goal with like, what, 15 minutes to go in the third? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God, this is they're going to get two more. And it's going to be four to three. That was the first game uh, since game. Well, game one, I guess you could argue maybe. But that was the first game where I really felt the Islanders get physical. Like, yeah, when they played Pittsburgh and I um, remind me, series two, I'm blanking. Who did they play? I'm blanking. Boston. Boston. 
they were physical. Like they'd beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And I haven't really seen Clutterbuck or Matt Martin get that into it, you know, since game one until then. So it was good to see that they were kind of getting the troops rallied and trying to turn the momentum. And they're definitely going to need that for tomorrow night's game six. Yeah. Um, But then last night, game five, where, you know, Max overtime bar and grill were predicting overtime because, you know, every, I feel like a series has to have one overtime game. It's just Mm -hmm. the nature of the beast. And wow. uh, The bolts put up a touchdown and a two point conversion and shut out the Islanders and win the game eight, nothing. Yeah. It just ass blasted them. I mean, the second that first goal went in, I think I texted you guys. It sounds like the floodgates are open. Like, Mm -hmm. Because the way that went in, the bounce off of Pellick or Pollock, can't remember which one, right back to Stammer, a minute in, Tampa's at home. I was like, this is not going to go well. Well, when they had three in the first period, I was like, this is, yeah. if the Islanders don't, like, don't get the next one, it's toast. It's No, just it was, that first period was actually like assault. So. Yeah. Um, and then Braden Point scored for his eighth straight game. Eighth, like eight games in a row. This is ridiculous. That is now the second longest postseason goal streak in NHL history. I believe the record is nine. I have to check that double. Let me. Do you know who has it? I would just assume 99 has it, but. Give me a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game last night was just bonkers. It, we, we referenced this at the beginning of the show. It's so uncharacteristic for the series to be one-sided either way. I sort of thought we were getting our first taste of that in game four when the Isles jumped out to a 3 nothing lead. I was like, okay, we haven't seen this yet. And then, lo and behold, that one ends up being a one-goal game going down the stretch. But um, I think there's some big questions to look at for um, – both teams coming out of this game five, uh, three of the eight goals for Tampa Bay were power play markers. So just keep that in mind. Mm. Uh, Varley was shelled after giving up three on 13 replaced by Sorokin who gave up five on 19. And he also took a puck to the neck during the game, but toughed it out. Uh, my question to you is how do the Islanders get momentum back? Cause they had it all. And then a loss like this, they, yes, it's bad, but it is just one loss. It, it doesn't matter if you – to be honest with you, I'd rather lose like that than 3-2 in overtime and try to come back in game six or and get it Or double going. or triple overtime or something like that where you're playing right. an extra game. I think this gives them the juice that they need to push this thing seven. Now, in terms of swinging the momentum back, I'm going to repeat it. They need to beat the shit out of the Lightning. I mean, the Lightning are no soft team. Like, don't get me wrong. They, they got a, a pretty solid squad who's scrappy and can and can fight. You know, you got big bodies in the back like Shen. Shen was in there last night. He can chuck them. Kalorn's a big body. He can chuck them. Maroon. Maroon. So you got these guys. But, like, Clutter, that – and I, I'm going to cringe when I say this because I can't stand this name. The identity line needs mm-hmm. to really, like, pump them. Like, yeah all over the D on the four check, get all those rowdy New York shit bags screaming left and right. Like you gotta, you gotta get the Kali that those first five minutes in tomorrow's game are huge. They're going to be electric. It doesn't even matter if the aisles score in the first five, they just need to set the tone and not let the lightning score. They just, and they need to stay out of the box. Well, that's the thing. You can't give that power play any looks at all. 
I think Tampa going into this series, I have no idea what it's at now. Tampa's power play in the postseason was clicking at like 40%, which yeah. is like the all-time record, I'm pretty sure. That's just so you can't give them any time. And with, with the way Stamkos looked yesterday, he seems to have found his groove. Yeah. Uh so I do think that what the Islanders need to do, that third and fourth line need to start throwing the weight around. And one guy who I've been a little disappointed by, um, Bavillier. I mean, I've, I've not I've as of, like explosive, I think, as he time. has been in series past, because like you go back to yeah. the series against the Caps a couple of years ago, he was probably the best player on either team. Yeah, um, he's he's a timely guy. He scores those timely goals. He's always got that like, you know, we talk about Eberle scoring big goals. We talk about, you know, uh, uh, Braden Point scoring every like overtime or something. Sorelli. Same Sorelli, thing. Th- this this kid Bavillier, I mean, he he's always seems to get that like you know big insurance marker or that one goal that brings them to within one. I want to see something big out of him in Game Six. By the way, I do have the stat here. So the all time playoff goal streak record is held by Reggie Leach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Wow! In the, in the 1976 season, he scored in ten straight games. I would have never guessed him. I don't know why. Braden Point is now number two all-time in the streak with eight games, and he just surpassed Jean Belvo of the Montreal Canadiens. Not bad. Yeah. Belvo uh, had seven points at eight, and if he can get to 10, he'll tie the all-time record with Reggie Leach at uh, 10. Yeah. Belvo and Leach were probably also playing less games in the playoffs too, so that's pretty damn impressive. All right, well, let's get into the strip club series. We have a lot to cover since we last spoke about the Knights and the Habs. So we have this game two. Price makes 29 saves, and the Habs beat the Knights 3-2 to two to tie that series at a game apiece. Paul Byron, Yoel Armia, and Tyler Toffoli score for Montreal. Uh, Byron making it 3 to nothing with 2.45 to go in the second period. Uh, this was the first game that John Merrill and Jeff Petrie drew back into the lineup, and I thought they did a great job. They made solid contributions. Uh, Petrangelo scores twice for Vegas, and Flower makes 20 saves as the Knights fall 3-2 to two to the Habs. The following game, Josh Anderson scored his second goal of the game in overtime, and Carey Price makes 43 saves as the Habs go on to beat the Knights 3-2 to two again for a 2-1 to one lead in the series. Caulfield also scored for Montreal in front of 3,500 fans at the Bell Center. It is the biggest crime in sports that this building is not packed. Uh, I do want to note that that game, when Cole Caulfield scored, I believe his odds to score a goal were plus 600. They were. uh, Props to anybody who had that for Mr. Goal Caulfield. He's almost automatic on a breakaway, man. I, I didn't realize he was that, like, consistent with it. Yeah, he's he's got he's a shifty little guy, and he's got a he's got a quick hell of a, hands, quick hands. He's got a hell of a snapshot too. So yeah, uh, Nikola Wah and Alex Petrangelo score for Vegas. Flower finishes with twenty four stops and one assist on Anderson's tying goal late in regulation. Uh, controversial decision going into the following game, Game Four, where after you know turning over the puck in front of the net, which causes a goal. Vegas goes with Laner instead of Flower. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I saw a lot of people weren't really big on that, but I, and let me preface my statement: I don't think that Game Three um, it was it was Flurry's fault, but like I don't think Flurry was deserving to be pulled. But that being said, I like the idea of the pool because it's less about 
who's in net, in my opinion, because Lehner's a solid backup. I mean, he's right there. They have it, the best tandem in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's less about who's in net, and it's more about like, okay, I'm pulling my goalie to galvanize my team and get some fucking juice in their veins. Yeah. Which I, and DeBoer is no stranger to it. He's done it already once, so why not do it again? And it works. So um, obviously game four, Vegas gets the win with Laner and net. He stopped 27 shots and looked pretty good in my opinion. So, um, it, it, you know, I think it's less about Flurry's play and more so just trying to get his team a jump start in game four. Uh, you know, because if they go down three one, all of a sudden that's that's it's, not looking good. Yeah, three one and two two are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I uh, I think the the big thing you have to say is well, they won the game, so clearly it was the right decision. Right. You yeah. Know? I think Laner's going to start game five tonight too. I believe. So, wow. Um. I, I mean, I would. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But right. In terms of Flurry, I mean. And I read uh, one of the Penguins beat writers, Jesse Marshall, tweeted about this. So, do you remember in 03 in the World Junior Championship when he yep, fucked Patrick up? Patrick O'Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked up the, for those who don't know, you can YouTube it, Mark Andre Fleury, 03 or 04 World Championship. He comes out of the net to play the puck, turns it over immediately to Team USA where O'Sullivan buries it. He like passes it like into his like gear, like into his like yeah. chest and pants, and it like goes into the net. Yes. So, you know, Flurry has told Jesse apparently in the past, he was terrified to play the puck for years after that. Like yeah. he would shy away from it at all times. And well, one of the things that I noticed I don't blame him. The kid's probably like 19 years old. Yeah. Well, one of the things I noticed when in Flurry's time in Pitt, which was, you know, a solid sample size, he's not good at playing the puck. It's just not no, good. and that was always the book on him. It was make him play the puck. Right. And so, you know, it just, and Jesse tweeted this the other day after game three, he's like, I can't help but think, you know, how Flurry's thinking right now about playing the puck. And I know his history with, you know, battling like the mental trauma of, you know, losing a gold medal game like that. So for Canada, for Canada. So it, it's just tough to see such a good guy kind of have to go through that. And I don't know if you saw they they had a, they had a, clip from practice the other day yeah i did see that of him in practice playing the puck doing the exact play he was trying to do in game three but doing it successfully in practice obviously because there was no one there and he starts celebrating for himself trying to make light of it so i uh just the best guy yeah the cherry on top of this and of course i thought of you immediately when this happened was literally 10 seconds before he did that pierre mcguire on the broadcast go flurry's been really good about handling the puck in this game and then boom next thing you know pucks yeah. in the net you thought of me when that happened i was yeah. like oh harrison's gonna love this it's the kiss of death it's yeah. fucking pierre so yeah. um yeah tough tough game three for the knights they're like nick said they were up two one with like a minute left flurry flubs the puck Habs tie it. Habs win in an OT. Bada boom, bada bang. Yep. Um, cool then, for Nick Waugh to get the game-winning goal. He's from, like, he's that from area. He's from right outside of Montreal. And, like, you could see, like, they had, like, his family and friends in the crowd, which was – that's so cool. He's playing really well. He two is. goals in the last two games. Yeah. And I think the Knights have a chance of getting Chandler Stevenson back in the lineup for game five. That would be big for them. Yeah. Uh, do you have any game five predictions? Cause as it currently stands, I think Vegas is minus, and I'm not joking. I think they're like minus two fifty on the money line. So I texted you guys this last night in our group chat, you and Mac, I like, I, I would hate, but I genuinely think this is going to happen. Both series are going to go back to, you know, we saw the, the lightning pick up that game five, win. that series was tied two to two. 
I think the Knights are going to pick up game five at home. And I think that they could both, both teams could close this out in six, but I don't want that. I want them to both go seven. Which one do you think has a better chance of going seven? Unpopular. I would say I would say Tampa and the Islanders do. Oh, I was gonna say unpopular opinion. I, I feel well. No, I shouldn't say that because you're. I think you're right. I, I just can't help but think when you get pumped eight nothing and Trotz is your coach, that you're gonna lay an egg in Game Six. It's just I don't. It's not gonna happen. It. Now, game six, I do think will be a one goal game. I don't think yes, that's going to be like 100%. Like Long Island's going to be like holding their stomachs sick yeah. to like two minutes left in the third. Yeah. So I, I do think that'll be a close one. However, I do think that Montreal just has something, some type of charisma. Both like, those teams, man. I mean, you know, we've, we've said it. I said it two episodes ago. You said it last episode. You've said it in the group chat. The Islanders with that team of destiny thing, you know, yeah. that goal line save at the end of that game yeah just saying yeah no, could happen I, I agree with you so you got vegas game five i, I think, think so i think i'm gonna go mm, i don't know why i have a weird feeling that price is gonna just stand on his head tonight he and could one. no i know he could but i do think vegas is gonna have win it it's hard to bet against them in that barn game um, five at home yeah, coming off an overtime win when they could have been down three one, but now they're tied. I think they got it. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. You're talking me into it, which means I should probably yeah. do the opposite. Right. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll talk to you all next week when Montreal wins this game ten to nothing. So yeah, the Stanley Cup Finals are starting, right? Right. Um, yeah. So Con, let's talk a little bit of Con Smythe talk. So up to this point yeah. in the playoffs, we've had some uh, some standout guys. I'm curious who you would have as your Con Smythe for each team. Uh, for Tampa, you have to pick Braden Point. I'm sorry, it's not a, yeah. you know, everyone could go, well, Vasilevsky and Hedman and blah, 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 blah. No, it's it's Braden Point. It's Braden Point. They, if they were, if this was the cup final now, they would have given it to him already. Yeah, exactly. The the goal streak that he's on, he's making history. He's the hottest stick in the world right now, so it's got to be Braden Point. Yeah, best value in the world too right now. Holy shit. Uh, who do you have for Tampa? You you would agree with me. So, um, speaking, of value, speaking of value, I just want to interrupt you real quick. The day after Marner signed his like – I saw this. This is great. Five-year, $11 million ticket. The Lightning signed Braden Point, very similar player, small, five foot nine, right-handed skill guy, first mm-hmm. liner. They signed him to a three, I think it was like a three-year deal for like five million. It's just and if look you're who's Toronto, doing, you gotta who, be fucking kicking yourself. Look who's doing what in the playoffs when it really matters. Yep. The last two postseasons, Braden Point has more goals by a landslide than any other player in the NHL. Yeah. Marner had how many points against the Habs? Or one, or one. I think. He didn't yeah. have a goal. He didn't no, have a goal. No, I know that. Uh, for New York, I would say Matt Barzell at this point. I think he's exploded in this postseason. I think this is the best I've seen him look play, you know, the best I've seen him play hockey in the postseason. I just – I think, you know, this guy's at the forefront. He's the emerging superstar. I think they would give it to him. So I, I'm going to actually switch my pick. I originally had here Pajo because leading up to game like two-ish, I think uh, I was like, man, Pajo looks really good. He's been playing solid. He's, pr- he's producing. Uh, but I feel like in the last three games, he's kind of dropped off and Barzell still kind of kept his production high. So I'm going to have to agree with you. I would probably go Barzell. Yeah. How about for Vegas? 
Uh, so I originally had Flurry up until that game three blunder, and now obviously I can't put him. So if I can't put him, I'm definitely going to put Mark Stone. I think Mark yeah. Stone is shut down McKinnon. You know, he's playing lights out, overtime winner uh, this series. So I, I think he's going to have to – he's going to have to – or in Colorado series, I'm sorry. So I think he's going to have to be my pick. Yeah, I agree. I think a dark horse for this could be Petrangelo. I, I would agree with you. I yeah. think that's a solid one. He's scored, I think, like three goals so far this series. I do also want to add, just speaking of Petrangelo and Vegas's decor, I, I do have to give a shout-out to Braden McNabb. Holy shit, he looks – very good, and yeah. he is throwing it around. Some monstrous hits. So, <laughs> some <laughs> monstrous hits so far yeah. in this postseason. So good for him. And he's, I think the biggest thing is he's very effective right now. Yeah, just running people over, you know, clogging up lanes and stuff. He's playing some really, really good hockey. Uh, for Montreal, I feel like this is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, you could talk about a couple other guys. Maybe you know, you have the young guys. You have Caulfield. You have Suzuki. Uh, but Carey Price. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Carey Price. I do think one dark horse would be Tyler Toffoli if they were yeah. all the way. He's played, I think that's a, a good uh, dark horse for that. He's played really well, and I believe he's their leading point scorer in the playoffs so far. So he's got 12 points in 15 games played so far. That's pretty damn good, five of those being goals. I think up until this Vegas series, he was on like a seven-game point streak or something crazy. So Yeah. Uh, I saw some people online saying Josh Anderson, which I guess, you know, recency bias, maybe you could start to put his name in the conversation, but I think I would still put Toffoli ahead of him on that short list. Yeah. And I think price is easily number one. So. Price is easily number one. I think if they make the cup final price has a chance to win the con Smythe, even if they lose the cup. Wow. That's uh that's which you, you don't see that often. And usually if it happens, it is a goalie. He, yeah, he would have to, steal virtually every game from here on out for that to yeah. happen um but yeah that's uh that's our con smite predictions do you have anything else to add we're pretty much wrapping up here at this point um i don't think i have anything else oh i did i tell you about my successful outing with my car i took it out of the neighborhood for the first time round trip first round trip i've taken in it successfully without the aid of a tow truck um <laughs> So my girlfriend and I took the, took the Jag over to Lone Oak Beer Farm, which is about five or 10 minutes from my parents' house. Uh, great little beer farm in Olney. Uh, and I should say, I shouldn't say little because the place is freaking enormous. Uh, they have a ton of land, um, some like, you know, 200 year old oak tree and it's just beautiful. Beer's great. I know you've been to uh, one of the, there's like four beer farms within 15 minutes of me. I know you've been to one of them. They're a ton of fun. Yeah, I can't remember the one I went to, but it was very nice. You know, it's it, to me, it's more of like a, like a September, October, November thing. Yeah, you, know, you, you kind of get a little warmer. The pumpkins are out, like you yeah. more of a fall feel to it. But I would imagine in the summer, it's maybe a little less crowded. Dude, we, no, we went. Oh. This was a Wednesday, and we pull up at like five thirty, and one oh eight is just jammed up trying to get into this place. There was like six hundred people there like probably close to 400 cars in the parking lot. And so we roll up and I'm like, oh no. And I just see this line of cars like stacked up out of like the turn in going back down the road. And I'm like, this is not what I want right now. I just want to get this car in there, put it in park, get the top back up and let this thing cool down. Um, <laughs> Cause in the, in the 10 minutes it took to get over there, it got quite warm. Oh, and no. uh, now I'm, now I'm sitting still and there's no air going into the hood. 
how far can you take this thing realistically? Like to the beer farm at home. That's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is there any way to like help? I can. That? I can like. Yeah, it's like you know money, <laughs> but uh, um, I you know I I could probably take it anywhere that doesn't require me to sit over like 70 miles an hour for like an hour at a time. So just okay. av- avoid highway kind of thing. And uh, so I'm, my girlfriend and I are sitting there. She can tell I'm like, she can tell that I'm starting to get stressed out about it. Like this line is not moving. We're like four cars deep before we even turn into the place. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like what is happening there? They have like a huge parking lot that they've done a great job like they have like an entrance at one end and exit the other end so it's not like the same sort of flow to like fuck up traffic and there's this white mercedes suv trying to come out of where everyone is trying to go in and like that's the kind of shit i just have no patience for yeah and this suv i swear to god you like she got so close to try and go around my car. Cause of course we meet as now I've turned into the place, <laughs> but I can't get to any sort of parking spot until this person clears my car and gets out of the way this much. You could not have put a toothpick between this car and theirs. And I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was just like a cherry and, red paint job sensitive. <laughs> and well, and that's the one part of that car that looks <laughs> works well right now is the exterior is flawless. Right. And I'm like sitting there and uh, Ari was like, she was like, your knuckles were about to like pop out of your hands oh, on yeah. the steering wheel. And then it's, as soon as they moved, I like zipped out of there, just found a look like a spot all the way at the back under a little bit like of shade and just put the car in park. And I was and like the, the exhale of relief, like, the oh. exhale of relief. And then she, my girlfriend was like, I don't want to say anything, but I could tell you were upset. And I was like, we were sitting there. I could smell it. You could smell it. I could feel it on my face. It was just, Jesus. yeah. So yeah, that's never not, ending saga, man. Not a fun situation to be yeah. in. It Glad was, it didn't break down though. It was nice to take it and like go there and back. And, um, you know, it, it was definitely turning some heads, which um, is always nice too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, glad that that worked out well for you. It sounded like you had a good weekend. So yeah. um, before we get rolling here, we just want to remind you all that uh, the summer merch is available on our store. If you haven't checked it out already, uh, the big, the big winners, the Miami vice shirt, go check that out. If you haven't, I think I posted a story about that on our uh, Insta. My boy, Mark was wearing that all weekend and it looks great. T- shirts turned out phenomenal material is just perfect. And uh, we just dropped a new shirt. Margarita Max shirts are now available. Uh, Overtime Bar and Grill. Go check it out. A cool little comfort color vibe going to it. So uh, be on the lookout for that on our store. Thanks Uh, to everyone that's already bought stuff. I mean, we really appreciate that. No, we do. It it, it really does help us. uh, You know, we're this thing ain't easy to keep running. We promise. So. The more money uh, that we can kind of have to, to help get more resources, the better, because it's it's not easy. No, um, definitely a lot, not. A lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to this. And, uh, you know, us two working full time jobs, Mac working full time jobs. It's it's not always the easiest thing to do. So we really do appreciate the support. Yeah, definitely. Um, other than that, I don't have too much to add. I will say just be on the lookout on our social media page, because I do think there are going to be some big things coming up on that this week. And other than that, I have nothing. I'm, I'm all good. No, that's it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. 
All right. Well, uh, good luck to everybody in their sports betting this week on the Stanley Cup playoffs. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>